If you want an overall program, spelling, grammar, writing, it really encompasses everything. It's a complete program, changed our lives, saved my homeschooling journey. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So, Andrew, I'm at a loss. I don't know exactly how to start this podcast. You're kidding me. You always have such a good start to podcasts. Well, and the problem is not I don't know what to say. I have two things that are coming together in my head at the same time, and I can't say them both. No, you can't say two things at the same time. No. <laughs> if, if you're going to say one thing, you can't say the other. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So I do want to touch on both topics, though, eventually. Mm-hmm. So we are delighted to have in the studio with us Karen Cuellar, and Karen and her family are featured on the cover of our Homeschool Magalog this year. So, Karen, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, we featured you, Karen. Well, first of all, because you have a very good-looking family, and we just (laughs) need to have attractive people on our cover, otherwise, people are going to walk away. You said that, (laughs) (laughs) but also because your students were in the Structure and Style for Students courses. Grant was in the Level C, the high school course. Gabby was in level B, the middle school course, and Josh, level A, the elementary course. You know, I can't believe that was almost six years ago now. They've grown up they so, have grown much. so much. Yes, and Josh, who's the youngest and just the, the cutest little kid in Structure and Style for Students, year one, level A, and year two, level A, is is a teenager now. He is. Yeah. Every bit of a teenager. It's yep. scary. And, yeah. And Grant is off to college. Yes. And my goodness. Okay, so... I just thought it would be fun, Andrew, for Karen to share with us if she can go back in time and remember what it was like to have her kids here in the studio being scrutinized, well, by me mostly, <laughs> but by and being taught by Andrew. Yeah, every week for two years. Yeah. Those kids, though, will forever be that age in my mind because, you know, I had such a good relationship with all of them. You did. Well, and we kind of immortalized them on the year two covers. (laughs) So Grant, I think it's just pretty cute. In the Magalog, there's a picture of Grant holding the binder with his picture on it. Yeah. Gabby holding her binder with her picture on it. And Josh, little cute Josh, (laughs) who's not so little anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were tremendously blessed by being chosen for that, and you, it, it literally changed our lives and changed our homeschooling journey. So you saved me from a pit, I would say. We were struggling big time. I had just left a co-op. We were just kind of dangling, didn't know what we were doing. And this opportunity came along, and like I said, we were blessed, and I looked at it that way. And we were here every class and every session, and... Josh, back then, I had done very little writing with him. And even on the first video, you can see him struggle to write 
with his pen. And as the youngest, when you're homeschooling the elders, sometimes the little one gets, you know, they just kind of get what they get. So for him, I mean, tremendous growth the first year in writing and just writing sentences and forming sentences. And he grew so much that year. And then Gabby had always kind of struggled with a little bit of dyslexia and just kind of being behind and not very confident in her studies. And uh, she flourished under IEW. Her creativity came out. She's super creative. And she enjoyed writing. Now, she did not enjoy writing pieces that were factual information. Mm-hmm. She liked the creative part. Now, Grant, he was a he's a factual information <laughs> right. writer. Yeah. He is not creative at all. And his writing was so dry and hard. He was not a, a natural writer at all and not a good writer, even when we began. And he just so informational. And as the course went on, he became, it's his favorite subject now. Mm. And he can do it well. So it, it just helped him tremendously. Kind of hone in on that, lay the foundation for what he could do, and then also spruce it up to where he could he could be creative and learn how to be creative. So IEW laid that out in a very simple way to for them to grasp how to do those things. Part of the brilliance, I think, of the way Webster organized the units is this alternating between report, research, facts, and then, you know, stories, pictures, inventive writing, so that, you know, each type of student gets a chance to do what they love to do or get better at what they like, and then also improve what they don't like as much. And then it starts to all come together toward the end. And so I've just, I've always kind of been amazed at that. How did, how did he figure that out? Exactly. Yeah. I was actually having a conversation with some guests that we had in town recently about the brilliance of the system. And it's not something that you came up with. It's something that Webster came up with, but I don't even think he knew the brilliance of what he had come up with. No, I think he he kind of stumbled into it. I mean, I would chalk it up to the supernatural mm-hmm. assistance <laughs> and influence of the Holy Spirit in mm-hmm. our lives, but it certainly has shown that for many, many kids. One of the things that, you know, I mention a lot to people, like continuously, I'm at the end of convention season, so I've been in Gosh, I counted it up. It was like 16 different cities in four months of time. Mm -hmm. It's been crazy. Lots of travel. But they have this feeling like the kids should do it all on their own. You know, I should tell them what to do and they should do it. And if they don't, well, then it's not working. But I think you experience this need to help as much as is needed, especially in the beginning. Did you find that the case? I did. And I actually, when people ask me, we we offer IEW at our homeschooling support campus. And so when they ask me about it, and I kind of know what they're looking for. Are they looking for a hands-off approach? And what I always tell them is you will get there, but Mm -hmm. you you do have to do that first year. You have to be engaged. You have to help because they cannot be independent writers until you teach them how to be independent. You can't just throw something in front of someone and expect them to do it on their own. So investing the time that first year, 
And then the second year, it's more hands-off. And the third year, they're on their own, really. And so it is worth the investment, and it's worth the process. The, the, it's, it's kind of a classical process with the repetition and repeating something over and over and over till you master it. That first year, you're just helping to do that. You're teaching them how to do that. And the second year, they're really applying it, and they get it, and they remember from the first year. And then by the third year, you are, you're set. I always say, you know, you can't help your kids too much mm -hmm. because they will tell you when yes. they don't need help. Did that happen? Yes, like they will. One of them said, okay, mom, I got it. Just leave me alone now. <laughs> well, I would kind of like you do on the board when you encourage them in, in the sentence or give them some ideas and things like that. And sometimes they needed it, but other times they like for Gabby, for instance, when her creativity was taking off, she didn't want that input. She would need some help with structuring the sentence a little bit, but uh, she wanted to do all of that. And then Josh kind of followed her whenever he was being creative. He wanted to be just really out there creative and uh, didn't really need my input on their topics and the, you know, what they were writing about, but did with the structure and the spelling and the grammar mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. So it kind of just transforms into that where you give them good ideas and they learn how to think, how to use those ideas and apply them. And then you're really there just to kind of formalize it all and help them get it into a nice paper. So the first week that we have the SSS, I give the kids blank paper and a very simple little prompt, write about your home, 15 minutes, I think it's 15 minutes, right? Well, the, I think the level C, you might have done 20, 20 minutes and yeah. you didn't do it for level A. Because yeah. You did a joke instead. You yes. told them a joke. Would you rather write a paper or do you want me to tell a joke? Yeah. And, of course, we fully expected them to say, tell a joke. And But we they did write that assignment at the end of class. Right. And then, then we do this same exact prompt with the same amount of time, trying to recreate the exact same thing at the end of the 24 weeks. Mm -hmm. And then I give the kids the paper that they wrote at the beginning, and they get to compare what they wrote at the beginning with what they wrote at the end. Did your kids have any particular observations about the difference? Absolutely. Well, I noticed that first class, I was like, oh, man, how are they going to get through that? <laughs> and you see all the kids are just kind of like, what do I write about? How do I? And, you know, they're just kind of struggling to get that first little paragraph out. And it's over something simple as their home, you know, but they don't they don't know how to collect those thoughts, how to put them down, what to say. So you see them all kind of struggling and they're, you know, they barely get anything out in that 15, you know, it's a miracle if they get six sentences. And then the end of the class, when you tell them that same assignment, they just take off. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's no hesitancy. They're, they just write and write and write and write for the full 20 minutes mm -hmm. until until it's over. And then and they cannot believe what they've yeah, what they've been able to put on paper in that short amount of time with just a short little instruction on what to write. So, yeah, you can tremendous <laughs> improvement over the year. The, the other thing that I do, and I'm guessing it's the second or third class when they have to actually now go write a paragraph from a keyword outline, mm -hmm. is I say, hire an editor mm -hmm. and here's what you want. Someone who will fix up your paper and hand it back with no lecture attached. Did you find that difficult? 
Well, if I'm being honest, um, <laughs> yes, only because of it needing my attention and time and me having to really hone in and focus on that and help him with that. So the first year, yes, that was I had to do that more. The second year, you know, less mistakes, less need. You but know, were you but, able to give the paper back with, with a smile no and no lecture? Yeah. That's the hard oh, thing for that's some moms. Um, Sometimes <laughs> there were there were often times I was like you know yeah, but yeah they didn't tell me there was no lecture attached so well and I realized Andrew when you were basically reminding me too of that story where the kids were faced with the blank page and a simple prompt this is where most writing programs start and I tell people this is where most part writing programs start. We don't start there. And yet I'm like, oh my goodness, have I been lying? But I think the point well, is... Well, yeah, no, the program doesn't start. But, no. right. you know, if you're going to go try to get buff, you need a before and after picture to <laughs> make a dramatic effect. <laughs> it's true. So. That true. is true. That is true. <laughs> well, and I know with Josh, and there were a couple other students in that 1A class who were certainly not used to writing any any amount of words on paper, and some of them were even struggling with reading. Mm -hmm. And you really encouraged the parents to have the kids do copy work. Yeah. So, Karen, did you did you have Josh do copy work? Yes, we did copy work and just really focused on his reading, writing. I mean, we were all in on this program, so that just doing the program you're getting spelling, you're getting grammar, you're getting reading all in one, yeah. really. So just by following through and doing the whole thing, we actually were checking a lot of boxes. And Well, and, and the source texts even are written to provide kind of a broad range of interesting general knowledge. Yes, yes. And we had kind of a theme, but it wasn't really, you know, a period of history or right. a certain book or something like that or other theme-based books. It was much more of a general kind of thread, I think, is the yes. word we used. So, yeah, so. try to make that, that interesting. Are there any assignments that stick out in your memory as having been particularly delightful or particularly painful to any of the kids? I'm so curious what <laughs> you might out, remember after outlines. these years. <laughs> oh, the, the fused, fused outlines. Uh, unit, uh, unit six. six. Yeah. outlines yeah. were not, they were harder, you know, because it is more work. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more work to do, but you can see it coming together. You can see the why and the, you know, why are you putting this, this effort into this particular paper? So those were more difficult for my kiddos. They weren't like super big fans of those, <laughs> but their product was always good. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, after doing them, but my kids' favorites were always the the stories, the narratives, the things like that, mm -hmm. where they could be creative and yeah. And all of the stories were interesting. That's that's another thing that we liked is that every week, even if it was informational, it was really interesting informational, something from some other part of the world. Yeah. Or and Josh still remembers your stories and those particular outlines about that information that he was given. Yeah, so. I even learned stuff like yeah. the saguaro cactus. And yes, Shackleton in Antarctica, and yes, I think the plastics in the ocean. Yes, that was almost the most depressing of. All source tech. That was a unit six. That was too, a unit six. Yep. But it's interesting how, you know, kids love to learn stuff, 
And when you do that in the context of reading and speaking it back and using it and then writing it and presenting, polishing and presenting, it just goes in so much more smoothly and deeper as well. Well, I want to mention, because you brought it up, Andrew, I want to mention what the threads are. Mm. In at least your one for level A, the thread was deserts. So we wrote about the saguaro cactus. We wrote about the desert tortoise. We wrote about Antarctica. We didn't get to Shackleton because that was too high level. That was a different thing, yeah. Yeah. But Antarctica being a desert and Mm -hmm. camels. Yes, yes. Yes. And then the writing from pictures, we had a little tent with a man inside the tent, and the camel wanted to get in the tent. Yeah, we got some real good ones off Pushed that. him out of yeah. that tent. And then yeah. I, level B, year one level B, it was this broad topic of Oceania. So we did the blue-ringed octopus. We did a lot of these strange creatures that lived in the different areas. We talked about the different areas in Oceania. And, and the, explorers who were there, Cook, right? Was it Captain Cook? Well, we did get into level C, we did pirates, and then we were deciding whether or not a certain, like Drake, was he a pirate or was he a good, you know, was he just a mercenary, you know? He was and what's a privateer. That a privateer. so That's, much more refined. Yes, yeah. a privateer, not a pirate. And I think my favorite theme that first year, that favorite thread was the pirates because we started with the widow. And this pirate ship that was sunk off the coast of New England right. and wrote about that. And then we ended with this idea of piracy. And the, the students could write about anything they wanted related to piracy, whether it's on Blackbeard or whether it's on pirating software. Intellectual property. Yeah. 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 No, so it, it, was, was, it was very broad. It yeah. Was, yeah, so. And then Julius Caesar and the Pirates was our unit three there where he got captured by pirates. Oh, one and, of my favorites. Yeah, it was ever. a great story. So now Grant is finished one year of college? He's on his second year. He's on yeah. his second year. Mm-hmm. And He'll be 21 gosh, this fall. So hard to believe. I know. And yeah. he's, he's just killing life. He he lives out on his own. And, and, and so great. has he reported back to you any particular things he learned that have become very, very helpful in the college world? or He flew through his English comp classes, which was always his hardest subject, but he actually enjoyed it. And he even wanted to, which I discouraged a little bit, but challenge his instructors oh. <laughs> in their, in their uh, worldviews, I should <laughs> say. He always wanted to have the paper that was going to be the rebellious paper in the class or the different, you know, viewpoint or something like that. And he had the courage to do that. So And the uh, confidence to and write. The confidence yeah. to write That's it. Awesome. And so and he won a few students over in his class. So by, wow. you know, just being able to put his thoughts down. You know, it's funny, everybody uses the buzzwords critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Like that's de facto good. Mm-hmm. And then when kids actually do that, it irritates a lot of people. It does. Like, I'm going to ask questions about this and mm-hmm. not accept the, mm-hmm. you know, book answers that you want me to accept. Right. And so there's always that kind of danger if you go into the world. Are you going to be risking asking questions that might bother mm-hmm. the teachers or professors or peers that you meet? Or are you just going to, you know, sit down, be quiet, don't make noise and coast under the radar. Well, and the reason I asked about the confidence in the writing is I think you would be more inclined to convey those difficult topics in your writing 
if you are a confident and competent writer, if you're not feeling that way, you're just like, I just want to see if I can get a C on this right. paper. Can I just need to pass the class. So. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to make a point that's going to challenge something, mm-hmm. you better say it well. Yep. Right. Otherwise, you <laughs> here's a good example. I just have to tell you, this is so crazy. I got this ad for this new supplement that was like omega-3, omega-6 mm-hmm. oil combination, perfect balance, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at it, and I noticed that the name of the supplement was Men's Pro-Aging Formula. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I thought, hold on a minute. What they really mean to say is this is like an anti-aging or a pro-anti-aging or a pro-longevity. But they totally misnamed the product. I'm not going to trust someone who can't use language right. to accurately reflect Whatever science they're claiming they have in this thing. But I just thought, well, you know, words matter. Yes. It does. <laughs> Launching your aging forward. That's <laughs> what they supplement. I don't no, this is not really what we want. No. Yeah. <laughs> and Gabby, what's, what's she up to today? Gabby's probably my most independent kiddo. She's introverted, which is kind of surprising, but she is very independent. She is looking into scholarships right now for college. Mm, Nice. And just really focused on moving forward. She wants to be a paramedic Mm. and go into emergency medicine. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of the field that she's taken. But she can sit down and write anything, though, finishing up her high school courses. She is just, it, it has become easy for her. Nice. Another thing I have taught teachers all along is kind of Webster's edict, you know, hands-on structure and style, hands-off content. Like whatever they want to write, even if it doesn't make perfect sense or sounds a little goofy, well, that's a function of age and maturity. Focus on the structural guidelines, the style checklist, the mechanics, mm-hmm. And don't worry about that. Did you experience that kind of having to think, ugh, this just doesn't quite make sense the way I wish it would, but this kid is 12 years old, so I can let it go? Was that, was there any interior conflict for you there? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I am just by nature, I, I do like, I like to have a certain amount of control. And I, I somehow, I am gifted to right. Mm -hmm. And uh, even after, I I feel like my public education failed me. A lot of people feel that way. But I came out being able to communicate well and not by by them, but just naturally. And so when I read something and it isn't that way, I naturally want to control it, correct it, and, you know, get in there and mess with it. But one of the things that you had advised is not doing that. And so often I was having to, you know, rein myself in and just let them say it they, the way they wanted to say it with the creativity they wanted to use and back off of that a little bit. As long as it was correct, it may not have been what I wanted to say or how I wanted to say it, but it was correct and it functioned and it worked. And so I left it alone. But, yeah, it was very challenging for me to let them be their own writer and let them flourish on their own, and it, it ended up helping them. Mm-hmm. But you did have a guide. You had the checklist. Yes. And I think— Checklist st- is fabulous. Yeah, your story yeah. is similar to mine in that I know how to write. I'm a good writer. But my son, who was also a good writer, but he was still learning, we would argue. This is before I was introduced to 
the beauty of the checklist and the, the beauty of the writing system and is like, oh, my gosh, we're going to argue about all this stuff. This is this is painful. And then to have him go through the system and we pretty well, I won't say we stopped arguing, but we at least stopped arguing about writing. Right. You started to talk about the checklist. Talk a little bit about that. I did love the checklist because you can write the driest sentence, which is the basic elements. And after going through the checklist, it is a fabulous sentence when you add in all your dress ups. Can be, yeah. And you add in all your clauses and you do all of the, it teaches them how to dress that sentence up and make it a great sentence. Mm -hmm. And I had never seen that before. Mm -hmm. And um, it really does teach them how to write. You know, this is what you need to include to make writing more pleasing and more interesting. Yeah, we don't even say that. We just say, this is what you have to do. This is period. what you got to do. Whether it's better or not, I don't care right. at the moment. But but it is better. Yeah. It is a lot in better. And it does just teach them how to structure something, you know, in a nice way and, and make sure all these things are included that just really form a good sentence. So I love the checklist. I'm a box checker anyway mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. nature. And, and once you get it all complete, you know you've got a great sentence mm -hmm. so yeah or paragraph so i know that you are a very busy mom i know that because we have been trying to get you in here to have this conversation <laughs> with you for months <laughs> so what is it that keeps you so busy gabby i mean grant is grad i'm calling you gabby now <laughs> it's okay. gabby's keeping you busy no she's not but grant is graduated gabby's independent and so it must yeah. be josh is that well, what's going on they no. do they they are they are we participate in noah sports and so noah's a huge homeschooling sports organization here in tulsa and so my kids are in the track program nice and so they eat slip live track uh, on their off things, and that includes me. So, mm -hmm. And then outside of that, um, I became involved with Aspire about seven years ago. And after the first year, the director hit me up and said, are you, are you serious about? And we had talked about some ideas that I had in Oklahoma City with some programs I did there. And she said, are you serious about starting one here? And so we ended up launching Aspire Academy, which is a homeschooling support for homeschooling families where you can come and take a la carte classes. It's kind of like college. Mm -hmm. You come and you can take one class, you can take two classes, or you can come all day, mm -hmm. which allows parents, if you have two working parents, we have some single moms, we have, there's just a lot of family dynamics and they still want to homeschool. So this kind of provides a support for them mm -hmm. to either drop off or you can stay and get a discount. Mm -hmm. um, you can be involved in the community as much or as little as you want to be. Mm -hmm. So this keeps us pretty busy. We've got about a thousand students Aspire wide. Wow. At Aspire Academy, we have about 400 that take a la carte classes. So your science, your math, your IEW writing, mm -hmm. all of that, you can come to Academy and get that instruction and then go home and do homework. So does Aspire exist outside of the Tulsa area? It does not, although our model is made to duplicate. Mm -hmm. And Amy Dean is the executive director of Aspire. She started it. We're on our 10th year. Nice. But um, she she made the model. It's a ministry and uh, we're all volunteer. Nobody gets paid except for our instructors at Academy. But it's made to replicate and to spread. So nice. we would love for that too. If somebody wanted to take the model and do it somewhere else, we would love to help and assist and do that. So either move to Tulsa <laughs> or 
start an Aspire Academy if you're interested in providing that opportunity for the families in your area. And, you know, moving to Tulsa is not a bad idea. We Andrew, you and I have recruited a lot of people to move well, out here, I, haven't we? Did you ever imagine? Never. Like 20 years ago that you would say, I want to live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. No. No, that's it was not what I was not thinking. not on the radar at no. all. But the city has grown on me. Mm-hmm. And you know, particularly the homeschooling community here is mm-hmm. just so wonderful. You cannot beat this homeschooling community. Yeah. And we I came from Oklahoma City, but it is so much more here. Mm-hmm. It, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's growing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many opportunities for homeschoolers to, to plug into. There's just options everywhere. So... So any final thoughts, Karen, do you think our listeners should maybe look into Structure and Style for students <laughs> for their own students? That's Absolutely. begging the Absolutely. question. I know, right? <laughs> if you want, uh, yeah, if you want an overall program, spelling, grammar, writing, even history, I'm even going to include that in there. There's so much history uh, just in, in it uh, that your kiddos are going to learn, but it really encompasses everything. It's a complete program. Changed our lives. Saved my homeschooling journey. <laughs> um, so I'm truly grateful for the program and what it has done for my family, my kiddos, and they're moving into college and moving on as adults. So I would definitely recommend it. Uh, it's the number one go-to for me if I'm talking to a new homeschooler. Nice. And I bet you're you're always on the eye for people who can teach in your Aspire program. Yes, I am. Uh, especially structure and style. So if there's anyone on the periphery of mm-hmm. Tulsa or planning to move here right? that might be able to teach yes. a couple days a week, yep. I, I know you are always looking for the best. We are, definitely. And uh, IEW is, is, is highly sought after, so everyone wants it. And it's very hard to find a teacher, mm. you know, that can teach it well. And we happen to have one. Thank, thank God, some, you know, he sent he sent us an angel this year uh-huh. to to teach IEW. <laughs> but uh, there is a lot of need for it, a lot of want for it. So yeah, we're always looking for teachers. Well, thank you, Karen, so much for thank making you. time out of your really busy schedule to join us here today. We're and, really and grateful. And give for our you. best to your kids. Yes. I will. Thank you for we having are, me. I, I am just so pro- profoundly grateful to all the families that participated in the video. And I, I think over the couple years, you know, those kids worked their way into my heart yep. and they're just going to, they're going to be the age they were, but they're going to be forever in my heart. Yes. And someday <laughs> I'll, I'll see all grown up 20 something year old Gabby and I might not recognize her, Aww. but That's true. I will remember the, the sweet Yes. Well, you are forever in their hearts as well. So, hopefully, I won't look that much. (laughs) You made a big impact on my children's lives. I'll give them my best. For sure. I will. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Here you can also find show notes and relevant links from today's broadcast. One last thing, would you mind going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast? This really helps other smart, caring listeners like you find us. Thanks so much.